0: Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are bringing hope and impacting our community by leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe your life will be transformed through this week's message. So let's jump right into it. Well, it's good to see you. Haven't seen you since last year. Hope you're having a good year. You didn't, you don't look any worse for making it through a year, all right? Look better, and we're just so thankful that you're here today. Wow, what great worship. Don't you love our praise and worship team? Wow. Wow. Just, and there's room for you if you'd like to be part of that team, as well as there's room for all of our other team, and uh, we thank the Lord for them. Listen, Saturday at 11 a.m., we're going to have a memorial service here for Pastor Andrea's mother. She graduated onto heaven this week. And uh, she's been through a lot of struggles. And so at 11 o'clock Saturday, uh, if you'd like to come, it's going to be a little different memorial than what you're used to. Uh, They've requested since she was a big football fan that you wear FSU shirts or um, Kansas City. All right, so there's no choice, in that'd be the Florida State. And I know Vance, who's a Gator fan, because he's her husband, he bought one. He's going to wear it, but he promised he'd burn it right after. <laughs> but we do want to come and honor Pastor Andrea, and our prayers are, are with you. If you have your Bible with you, your iPhone, your iPad, whatever you use, let's lift it up and let's say this together. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. Life to me. Today, I receive the Word. I confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, I I am obedient, in Jesus' name. And we welcome those of you that are watching online, it's always good to see that you're here, and we hope that if you're ever in this area, you'll come and visit us, and we'll treat you as best as we can. And if you're sick, we pray you get healed so you can get back to church. And if you're still waiting for COVID to end, just come on back, all right? And... uh, Whatever you have to do. But we miss you and we're good to, glad to see you. Father, we love you today. Our hearts have been directed towards you in the worship and just the um, a- amazing fellowship that's here at this house. We thank you for every man, woman, boy, and girl that's, that has decided to come today to put you first place. And Lord, as we start this brand new series and as we're starting this uh, month of fasting, we pray that you would direct us, guide us, and help us to focus in the right way that it's just not an event but it's something spiritual that we're applying to our life and i pray today that holy spirit you would anoint me don't let me say anything i shouldn't but let me say everything you want me to say today and i pray at the end of today father that you would be glorified the saints would be edified and the devil would be terrified in the name of jesus well This week on Facebook, Lisa put out a question that I had of what uh, uh, reality TV program that you might watch. And we got a lot of responses back. I love the responses, so many. And some of them I didn't even know that was a reality program. I thought it was just a sitcom. But anyway, I learned a lot this week, all right? Some of you said Survivor, Fear Factor, that's an old one. Uh, The Golden Bachelor, I don't know. I never even saw that one. I guess that that must be an old person there. But uh, Amazing Race. Biggest Loser, Nip and Tuck, all of those. But back in 2002, ABC premiered a uh, reality show called Extreme Makeover. Extreme Makeover. It only lasts for three seasons, but there's a lot of spin-offs from that. Uh, extreme Makeover Home Edition, Extreme Makeover Foot Edition, Extreme Makeover Car Edition. You, you see where I'm going. It just seems like it never ends. Every week, it's another, it's another reality. But in the Extreme Makeover, what they would do, they would bring a needy person in or a person that just looked ugly. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, that's, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. That was not politically correct. All right, rewind. They brought in people who were in real need, and uh, so they, they gave them uh, plastic surgery. They gave them dental or as it needed. They brought in stylists. They gave him a new. They gave him a new set of clothes. And then at the end of that, however long it took, get him in shape and all that. It wouldn't be. Uh, Uh, It wouldn't be roll the truck away or whatever it was, but it would be open the curtain, and the family members are there, and they'd all look at them and say, Oh, I didn't even recognize you. You look so different. You look so amazing. Now, the season only lasted three years, and I got to thinking about that. I wonder why it only lasted three years. Could it be that those who got an external makeover couldn't keep it up themselves? They didn't have the stylist. they didn't have the trainer, they didn't have the internal thoughts of where they were. Now listen, I'm not against plastic surgery. If I were, I would be slamming half of the villages that attend this church. <laughs> sorry, sorry, rewind. Listen, listen, I'm up for a little nip and tuck. There's a few things I'd like to nip and tuck myself, but anyway. <laughs> At 74, I don't think it's, uh, it'll, it'll happen in this life, all right? But when I get to the next life, it's going to change. But I was thinking about that. Why are we so fascinated with makeover programs? Now, maybe it's an old car, and they show it to you before. It's just a wreck in the junkyard, and then they fix it up and do all that nice, finely wheels and all that. And you're like, oh, wow, man, look at that. Look what they did. Look at the ingenuity of somebody that could take something that was nothing and make it look like that. Wow. Or if it was a house, you'd see the same thing in shambles and it was after. Or in the the original thing of taking someone who needed a makeover in all areas of their life. So why are we so interested in that? But I think because, first of all, we really love positive transformations. We really love to see things that happen before and happen after. And the after is better than the before. But I wonder if it's also that in our DNA... We don't all want to do better, be better, improve. Every year in January, people, you know, fill out New Year's resolutions and whatever, and I'm not against those or for those, but I do think that we all need to have something that we're looking forward to that in our life we need to change. I've got things in my life I want to change this year, and, and I'm hoping this year will be the year. And, uh, but I think a lot of times the problem is when we look at makeovers, we always think of the external, what we can see. But you know, it's really an inside addition. It's what happens from the inside out that changes. In fact, you've seen the stories. You've seen people that have just got, I mean, they've had plastic surgery out the yeehaw. And, uh, and, and they stand there and they look in front of a mirror and they say, oh, look, this is not good. i still got some here. i still got some here. I still don't have enough here. I don't have enough. I, I, and this is, this, is not, this is not what I want. I, I need more. I need more. I need more. Because you see, if you're always looking for things that are external, it's going to bring you satisfaction. You'll never find it. It's not in that new car. It's not in that new house. It's not in the new clothes. It's not in the new gun, Steve. It's not in any of those. But it's, and those things are all enjoy that. Enjoy the cars, the guns and everything. And I'm not politically correct today, so that's okay. But I've got a few guns. So don't come to my house and try to break in at night. I don't know where I'm talking here, but I didn't have any of this in the morning. But for the next month, I want to lead you on a spiritual journey of a makeover. And we're starting this week with our 21-day fast tomorrow. Hey, do you have your, uh, you have your sermon notes from today? Turn it over on the back. Take out your phone. Uh, by the way, while you're taking it out, go ahead and put it on silent. That's always good. And then go ahead. There on the back, there's a QR code. Take your camera. Scan that. Hit that QR code, and it brings me up to 21 days of prayer and fasting. Have you got that far yet? All right. So then it tells you prayer and fasting 2024, January 8th, which is tomorrow, through January 28th. And it's a 21-day fast as we move into that. And then there's a place you can hit resources. And when you go there, you'll find, a, you follow on down through there and you'll find a lot of resources. But also I want you to look at the, see the thing that says fast like Daniel, click here to join TFH. So if you click that, then it'll take you to open in the Bible. It'll take you to that particular U version program that we're going to look at for 21 days. And there's two of them there. There's Fast Like Daniel and there's the other one. Anita and I are doing both of those. You can choose one or you can choose both of those. I think they'll help you. And then tomorrow morning on the Father's House Facebook page throughout the day, afternoon also, you'll see uh, beginning prayer that I'll lead you in some prayer points. And then for 21 days, every day, there'll be someone different that's going to give you some prayer points that we're going to focus in on praying in uh, this 21 days. Now... I'm I'm asking you to do a lot of things but also there's a connection card in the chair in front of you or as she said if you're on the front seat just look around smile at the people behind you and say please give me a connection card and fill out as much information that you can but here's what I want you to do down where it says how can I help you I want you to fill in there the type of fast that you're going to commit to for this month now Some of you, it may be your first time fasting, so I don't think you'd want to start necessarily with a 21-day Daniel fast. But you might start, if you look at our resource page on the Father's House Facebook, you'll find the Esther fast, you'll find the Paul fast, you'll find the Daniel fast, you'll find other fasts. Some are a day, some of them are three days. The Daniel fast is 21 days. I'd like to know what fast you're going to do, because I'd like to keep these cards, and for the next 21 days, I want to pray with you on your commitment. Now, if you have health issues, you need to be sure that it's cleared with your doctor that you're all right, but, uh, I, but I, I just want to know what you're doing. Now, Anita and I are going to start out our 21-day journey, and we're going to do a, a liquid-only fast. For about three days or more. At least I'm going to do it. I don't know what she's going to do yet. But anyway, I know that some that she's going to do. And then after that, we're going to do the Daniel fast. Now, people say, what's a Daniel fast? Well, in our resources, on our website, it'll tell you. Daniel ate only vegetables, fruits, whole grains, things like that. Clean eating, right? Uh, however you do that. Now, some people say, well, will this work? Will that work? And you tailor that to however you feel like that you're giving up something worthwhile, because really fasting is less about what you're giving up, and it's more about putting the Holy Spirit in the driver's seat, making room for you. Now, and then after we do that, uh, we're going to do the 21-day fast, Anita and I, and then we're going to give up TV, except sports. I mean, you can't expect me to give up football in the playoffs, right? So we're going to do that. And then the other thing we're going to give up is endless scrolling on social media. Endless scrolling. How much time do we do that? So that's what we're doing. And it's not, it's not really a, a, a fun time, but it's an exciting time. Because I believe there's something about this 2024 fast that's going to change lives. So would you please fill that out, drop it in the offering envelope at the end, because I desperately want to see what you're doing and pray with you. Listen to me, please listen to me. Don't compare your fast to anybody else's. Don't don't let somebody say, well, I'm fasting 21 days and I'm doing water for the whole thing. Well, yay for them, because maybe they have a fasted lifestyle. You see, we're supposed to live a fasted lifestyle. Jesus said, when you pray and when you fast, So he expects us to do that. So I challenge you to look at the resources that we have. And if you need more information, you can call uh, the church office here and ask for Maggie. She has all the answers, okay? All right, I want to look today about this series that we're going to look at. And we're going to be looking in Galatians chapter 5. And I want to start in verse 22. And it talks about an internal, inside edition makeover. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Are you there? Let's look at this together. But when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, in fact, I'd like you to read it with me out loud. You ready? Go. When the Holy Spirit controls our lives, He will produce. Wait a minute, let's stop there. He will produce. In other words, I don't have to try to say, I'm going to make this happen. He will produce. He will produce this kind of fruit. Read it with me. Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness and self-control there is no conflict in the law so he puts that no conflict in the law because he's writing to the church at galatia and they're in all the externals there's 613 laws in the old testament plus interpretation of those laws and the church at galatia was all into the externals do this keep that don't do this don't do this don't do that don't do that so paul comes along and says look it's good to it's good to live that kind of life But the way you live that kind of life is that you've got to get something on the inside of you that's working to produce those things in your life. So in your notes, I have those listed. Look at them there. There's checks there. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. What I'd like you to do is take out your pen your mascara, your lipstick, whatever you have. And I'd like you to, listen, I'd like you to do this. I'd like you to engage in this. Don't copy your neighbor's page. But I'd like you to look at that and say, what are the top three manifestations of the fruit do I need in my life? What are the top three? Would you check those? Just put a checkbox there. The, the top three. What are the top three? What are the top three? Well, look, I know that I need that last one, self-control. Yeah, I need that one for sure. And you know what? I need, uh, I need a lot of patience. So I'm going to check that one. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of different things going on in my life. And I need to learn how to have peace in the midst of chaos. And those would be my top three. Now, my top three may not be yours. You may have the most self-control in the world. You may have the most patience in the world. But you lack love people just tick you off. Well, good news. I'm going to be teaching a sermon the 1st of February on people that just tick you off, all right? How do you get along? Because this make extreme makeover we're doing session 1 here this month. Session 2, extreme makeover relationships, and then in March, extreme makeover session 3, and I'll tell you what that one is later, all right? So, we look at those and we say, "Okay, If all of these things are in my life because of the Holy Spirit, then why am I not producing them? Well, that's a good question. And that leads us to the problem. Everybody say the problem. Here's the problem. It's in verse 17. Look at this. The old sinful nature lives, loves to do evil. In other words, when I become a believer, my spirit is redeemed, but my old nature is still there. And so I've got to work with that. I've got to conquer that. So the old sinful nature, or you could just say the old me, nature loves to do evil. There, the word evil just simply means ugly things that really wouldn't be what love, joy, peace, and all of those are. Which is just the opposite of what the Holy Spirit wants. The Spirit gives us desires. Look at that again. The Spirit gives us desires. Say desires. He gives us those desires. That are opposite to what the sinful nature desires these two forces are constantly fighting each other and your choices are never free from this conflict now I'd love to tell you at the end of this 21 day fast at the end of these three extreme makeover series you're gonna have no problems in life but you're gonna struggle with these two choices am I letting the Holy Spirit direct my life or am I living by my feelings and what I'm figuring out? So the, that's the problem. It's this old nature that is there working within us. Look in verse 19. Here it tells us about if, if we live not by the spirit, but if we live by our old nature, here's what happens. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, I'm in verse 19, right? When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousies, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other like these. Wow. So he says, that's the problem. But here's the plan. Look at verse 16 and verse 25. I love this. So I advise you. Let's take some good advice this morning. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to advise you of something right now. Look at this. Let's read it out loud. So I advise you to live according to your new life in the Holy Spirit. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Verse 25 says it like this. If we're living now by the Holy Spirit, let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our life. And I think it's as simple as ABC. First of all, A stands for act as if God has already given you these gifts. How many of you know without a shadow of a doubt that you're a Christ follower and the Holy Spirit lives in your life because he's come to us to live out the life of Christ? Are you a Christ follower? You know that. So if a person beside you has their hand up, tell them these these manifestations are already in your life. You don't have to pray. So don't leave today going home saying, Lord, fill me with the fruit of the Spirit. He's going to say, no, time out. You don't understand. This is not an addendum to spirit life. This is the impact of spirit life right. if the Holy Spirit is guiding your life it Doesn't mean you're perfect. Anybody perfect in here? No. Wow! Because <laughs> I didn't know how it's gonna handle that one. Maybe flyer life or pants on fire or something like that. I don't know <laughs> We're not perfect we're all in process mm-hmm. There's still things in my life that's in process You're going to hear a testimony in a minute of something from the very beginning to the very end. It's just a constant process of how God is leading someone to be who he wants them to be. So act as if God has already given you these gifts. How many of you are a little older like me and you remember that you used to ride a bicycle and never wore a helmet? You used to get in a car and if you wanted to lay up in the back window while you're going down the road, you'd lay in that back window and you'd watch the sky as it goes by. Wow. And you, you just, you didn't have all the constraints of life. Well, when I was just a kid, I learned to drive my dad's truck. I don't know how old I was, maybe five, six, I don't know. And <laughs> you say, how did, how did you do that? Well, here's how we did it back then. I sat on my dad's lap. And he was and brake, but he was holding a wheel and then he'd say to me, just hold the wheel a little while because you see I lived on a farm and you had to know how to drive a tractor by the time You were 10 and 11 to be able to work, right? So so we'd drive along and I'm just a kid I remember this and then he would say okay. There's nobody on the road So take the wheel feel what it feel what it feel what the wheel feels like and, and it I just so man I'm, I'm I'm driving the truck now was I really driving the truck No, what was I doing? I was acting like I was driving the truck. When I saw my little sister, I'd say, I drove the truck today. You did what? I drove the truck today. Now, did I drive the truck? No. I acted like I was driving the truck Here's what I'm saying to us. If the fruit of the Spirit is already in our life, then we need to begin acting like those manifestations of the fruit are already in our life. Do you understand that? It's not I'm praying for more of this. I'm going to start acting like I have peace. I'm going to start acting like I have joy. I'm going to start acting like I have patience. B stands for believe that God is the only source for a true makeover. You see, the first part, A, act like you already have these, would really not work unless you really understood that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is your only resource. If I don't look, if I'm acting, if I'm acting as the fruit of the Spirit is in my life, but I'm not saying, but the root of that goes back to the Holy Spirit. I'm tapped on to the vine of Jesus. And because I'm tapped onto him, then Holy Spirit is in my life because he said I'm going to send Holy Spirit to be in your life because he can be with you 24-7 for the rest of your life. And he says he's going to be there for you to produce that life. So when I realize that it's not just me acting like I have these manifestations, but I have them because I'm connected to Jesus and they begin living out. If I don't realize the source is Jesus, then all I'm doing is just having an act. Does that make sense? Here's what the scripture says. Jesus said in John 15, 4 and 5, Jesus said, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit, Just circle that, cannot, circle that right now. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. Listen, if you're living, if you're living a double-minded life, on on church day or when it's time for you to show out in front of people and pray for people or manifest your spiritual gifts, you're on target for that. But the other times in your secret times, you're getting your fix, you're getting your rootage in something from the world, whether that's a bigger car, whether that's drugs, whether that's alcohol, wherever that is, that's your main source of where you are then you're going to not produce these things in your life. But Jesus said, if you you remain in me, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. If you cannot be fruitful, you cannot be fruitful apart from me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit apart from me you can do nothing so listen if you cut yourself away from jesus as your source and you're plugged into other things he says there's no way that you can live this life you're like a have you ever plucked a a a, a branch off of a, off of its rooted source and it's going to die right because there's no life in it so he says to us if you're not staying connected to me 24 7 doesn't mean you have to be perfect okay let's get rid of that then And then even in my struggles, I realized I can only live this life because of him. He said, then this is going to be a natural thing for you. We're going to be people of love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, goodness, self-control, all of those great manifestations, all right? So that's B. C is choose God's way at every encounter. That means every day, 24 hours a day, I've got to make the choice to follow Jesus ABCs hey let's talk a little bit about that I'm going to invite Chris to come up and talk with me and we're going to talk give him a hand as he comes he comes right now okay Chris is our uh, generations pastor next door Uh, some people call him youth pastor and so since you do and you do an amazing job with the kids next door what do you got about 100 kids next door something like that Uh,
1: probably more
0: probably more today wow so you do a good job of that. So that means to me, when I look at that, then as an early child, you must have uh, had a good Christian background. Man, it was awesome. Uh-huh. Let me tell you about it. All right, tell me about your awesome background. <laughs> um, my
1: my, my story is a little different than most. Um, I, was, I was telling the first service. I have three uh, main memories that when I think of my childhood, as far back as I can remember, there's three that sticks out. Uh, the first one is... Um, <clears throat> When I, when I tried, my very first memory in life, as far back as I can remember, is me trying to climb up in my mother's lap and her pushing me away.
0: At three? Yeah. Trying to climb up in your mother's lap. And, and that and that's still, it seems so fresh even yeah, in your mind it, now.
1: It is. You know, you, you think you put things away, but you really don't. Yeah. You know, uh, after first service, I see now there's still things I've been for. Yeah. But, uh, for sure. Um, my next memory is uh, I, can, I can remember uh, at five, uh, following the school bus. I remember the first time I got high.
0: You got high at yeah, five? Yeah.
1: I remember the first time I got high, we were following the school bus, and I remember thinking to myself, next year I'm going to be on that thing, and you know, I'm mm-hmm. going to school. So yeah, I started getting high at five.
0: Wow. Yeah. So how did, how did that happen? I mean, did somebody just give that <clears throat> to you? What did You it? know
1: what? Where I'm from, uh, there weren't there weren 't a lot of uh, kids my age, and my brothers and sisters like i 'm really a lot younger than them, so I always hung out with the older crowd, even young adults when mm-hmm. I was that age, so yeah, I kind of just fell into doing what they were doing
0: and so how did that how did that affect your 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 life like through elementary school and all that when you finally went to school?
1: Well, when I was six, I started uh running weed for now, excuse for me. people
0: at six yeah you're you're selling marijuana yeah. At six?
1: Yeah. <laughs> now, how did you do that? Um, well, when you're six, people don't suspect you. Oh. So I can get in places that other people can't and never be thrown in the backpack, jump on your bicycle, hit the road. Wow. Very wow. simple.
0: Wow. So how long did that last? How long did you go through that phase? <sighs>
1: that phase lasted
0: most of my life, actually. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. And we've got so, you in charge of the kids. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> So uh, they're not pulling the wool over my eyes.
0: <laughs> I see them coming a mile. So it's away. good. It's good. To, it's good with your background that you can see I mean. where they're coming from and you know what's what's yeah. in the back. All right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, so
1: I, I did that throughout my whole uh, school time. Really. I mean, I was uh, apart from that. I had a very normal
0: childhood. <laughs> <laughs> um, normal.
1: Yeah. It, I, really. I mean, I went to school. Uh, made the grades, played the sports, uh, did everything that you're supposed to do or what, what you think you're supposed to do mm-hmm. growing up.
0: Yeah. So when, when did this change? How did the change come about? Because I guess you have changed. You're not doing drugs now.
1: No, yeah, right. I, I've, I've been uh, clean from that for a very, very long time. But on, through life, you know, I went through high school. People never suspected, didn't know. I never told I was always told how hey, you never tell anything to anybody you know so uh I I buy, I, I, I fell in line with that with that indoctrination uh, of adults you know and uh but in 11th grade <clears throat> I started dating this girl from another school uh, apart from me and uh, we 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 got very serious and then um after I graduated uh she went she got pregnant and uh that's when uh life kinda took a, a bit of a sideways turn. Uh you know, I couldn't further my education at that point. Their military was out of the question. So I thought. Because you know, the older generation, I'm not old, but you know what I'm saying, uh you have responsibility. Yeah. And yeah. the thing to do is, hey, you, you marry that yeah that girl and you take care Make of her. Make it right. Yeah. Uh, so the, so that's what I did. Uh and you know, for years after that, I, uh, I continued to sell drugs. I, I worked my jobs, of course, but I still had that other side. And, um, and, and then uh, her parents were always witnessing to me, always witnessing to me. And uh, they were real big in the church and everything. And then uh, they finally convinced me to go to a revival one night. And uh, there was this evangelist there. His name was John Richardson. And he, man, he, he gave his testimony and, and was preaching, of course, and... Man, everything he said lined right up with my, with my life. I was just in a maze. I was on the front row, couldn't believe it. And uh, so he gives his altar call, and, uh, you know, I felt it, you know, and, and the spirit was moving, but I didn't do it. Yeah. I didn't do it. There, I, in my mind, I thought, I'm not ready. Not There's just no way. Too hard? It's too hard. I mean, there's no way you can do what I've done and be okay. Just not possible. So uh, he he gives us altar call, no response. Then he beelines over to me. (laughs) And he says, look, man. He said, my eye has been on you this whole time. He said, and I know that your story lines up with mine. And he said, God is calling you. Tonight. He said, and I know you know that. I said, yes, he is. I feel that. I, I can feel it. And he said, uh, won't you make that decision tonight? And I said, no. Told him no. Uh, he said, why? I said, because there's, I, I couldn't do that right now because there's too much that I've done and there's stuff I got to do still. Yeah. You know, I got all these drugs, I got all this money, <laughs> I got. <laughs> All these things, you know, that I, I've got to do. I can't just flush all this and then owe mafia people a lot of money, you know. it's not how it works. Yeah. And uh, he said, you're right. And I was, I was like, okay. I, I, I'm feeling this guy. You know, he didn't pressure me. He said, can I pray for you? And he prayed for me, and he prayed this awesome uh, prayer of protection over me. And... Uh, He prayed that I would do what I had to do, that I would get rid of what I needed to get rid of, pay who I got to pay. And he prayed that that everything would come to an end and that then it would happen. Hmm. But I would be protected during that
0: whole time. Wow. Wow. Crazy. So what what happened, uh, the decision that you made, how did you encounter that?
1: (laughs) Crazy story. So a few weeks go by. And I did everything. Like it just happened. Got rid of everything. Paid everybody back. Handled all the business. And about three weeks after that, there was a snowstorm, like an ice storm, hit North Alabama. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it shut us down. Couldn't get on the road. Uh, you, you couldn't, you couldn't call out or, or anything like that. Uh, we still had uh, power. That well, generators and batteries and stuff. And. Uh, but I got uh, iced in, snowed in. I got trapped, actually. it's a good word for it. At my in-law's house. <laughs> oh, Worst thing ever happened to me at the time. So for three days, this ice storm held me captive. And all I heard was praise and worship music, teachings from different pastors on, on the radio, prayer, witnessing to me. I thought I was going to Die or kill somebody <laughs> before I could get out of that place. But you know what? After three days, three days. It took three days, I did die. <laughs> I died to yeah, self. Yeah. And in the living room floor uh, of my uh, in law's house, my uh, then father in law at the time led me through the sinner's prayer in the living room floor. Wow. Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. So, Amen. Amen. So. So then I assumed that everything was great, your marriage, your everything else? Oh, yeah, fantastic.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, so shortly after that, when listen, when I got saved, I got saved. I got that kind of salvation where you can't contain it. Yeah. And man, I got involved in everything I could get involved in. Uh, I stayed in the Word, I stayed in prayer, uh, stayed in church, like every time the doors were open. And uh, then I after a little while, I started doing mission work. Man, I was going overseas uh, here in the States. I was building churches, uh, schools, all kind of stuff. Started leading teams uh, to Ecuador and Central America and stuff. And then um, I was in the States, and I was working uh, with an evangelist called uh, Philip Cameron. And he was building halfway houses down in South Alabama. And uh, so I was down there working, me and uh, another... uh, missionary friend of mine, Donnie McWatters, and uh, got a call from my pastor. He said, Chris, I said, yes, sir. He said, is Donnie there? I said, yes, sir. And he handed Donnie the phone, or I handed him the phone. And they talked for a minute, and uh, he handed it back to me. I said, what's going on? He said, because Donnie had a phone, you know. Uh, I said, what's going on, pastor? He said, son, you need to come home he said, but don't go home. He said, you need to come to the hospital. You need to, you need to come to Children's Hospital in, uh in Birmingham. So it was about a two hour drive. And uh, so we load up our tools and everything. And we, we head back to Birmingham. And uh, when I get there, the, the lobby is just slam packed full of church family, uh, other family. I mean, it, it was crazy. Never seen anything like it except for a gathering like this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I walk in and just was confused, but come to find out, uh, my son, my, my oldest son, Blake, he's 26, he, uh, he, he, he had leukemia. That was a tough time. That was hard to take because you're doing all these things for God. Yeah. You're acting. Uh, because, you know, it's the right thing yeah. to do. Yeah. It's the right thing to do. Uh, but, you know, so you, you got to move past that. And you got to let those roots go down deeper. And uh, it was a hard blow for me and, and my wife at the time. And uh, we we got put on this regimen uh, of chemo and radiation and everything. And um, it was two weeks in the hospital. No, you can't leave. Two weeks, 24 hours a day, two weeks straight. Then they let us go home for a week. But while we were home for a week, we still had to go back to Children's Hospital every day for treatment. So it's like, and it was over an hour away, one way. So we were kind of really still there. So during this time, for over six months, uh, we never got to go back to church. Uh, The focus went from family, all these things, to sickness and disease and and, uh, questioning. Why, why, why us, why, why do all these things, why, you know? So, um, and it took a toll, it took a toll, It's nobody's fault, um, but we, by the end of that year, <coughs> we were separated and divorced and I had lost everything. Yeah. Lost my family. Um, what I had, I gave away, you know, and uh, everything else was just gone. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I went into a deep, deep, deep depression. Yeah. And I got angry with God, uh, hated myself, such a failure, such shame, yeah. you know. And it doesn't help. Back then, you know, um, anything like that happened is the man's fault no matter yeah. what. Yeah. No, the church kind of just, Yeah. they see you, but they don't look at you.
0: So how did you handle all of that then?
1: Um. Started running with the old crowd again. Same back. Yep. And I just, uh, because that was my life before, and that's really all I had known. I had no church growing up. Uh, when, when things like that happen, what do we do? We fall back to what we know. Mm-hmm. We, we we go for, uh, we try to find comfort in anything that we can when you're going through something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so were you able to monitor that or did you hit bottom? What did, how did that work? Man, I went
1: all out. I, I didn't care about anything anymore, didn't care about myself, cared about nobody. And uh, I, I went back to dealing and I, you know, had my connections in Mexico and uh, I went all out. Yeah. I went all out.
0: So in that time then, I think you told me, that it was, was it during that time <coughs> that you lived homeless for two years? Yeah,
1: I was homeless for a little over two years.
0: On the street? Yeah.
1: Wow. By choice, sleeping in my car, hotel. By choice,
0: not because you had to? Yeah.
1: By choice. uh, You know, people that deal drugs, they stay in one spot, they let everybody know what they're doing, they get caught. Yeah. And I didn't want to get caught. So I never had a residence. I slept in my car, not in the same spot. I was always on the move uh, to the point to where in the city I was selling in, uh, I could go certain parts of the city and they all knew me by a different name.
0: Uh. So then in the midst of all that, then now on the journey, help us to understand as you're in process, what's the next step that brought you to that transformation that the Lord would want to do in your life?
1: You know, um, I uh, went to a friend's house one night, and there was this chick pulled up in this Mercedes. And I was like, dang, you know. and uh, Dang the car or her? Her. her. <laughs> oh, the car too. The car too. So my buddy was there and I, at his house, and I said, hey, who is that? He's. He's like, oh, she's so and so. I said, well, hook it up, man, and he did. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so Kay, her name's Casey. It's my wife now. <laughs> uh, so, so, so we got together and we've been together ever since.
0: Wow. wow, that's over twenty years ago. Wow, wow, that's awesome. So, in that process, then was she able to help you along, or do you guys did you guys sort of hit the the same way together?
1: We we. Uh, I sold drugs and stuff like that for probably another year. And uh, we spent our time at the hotels and stuff. And at night, we would count money and talk about the
0: Bible. Wow. Count right. money and talk about the Bible. Yeah. Wow. Then and how did the Lord pull you through that then, Chris? I mean, man, well, I got
1: I got uh, DEA came in on me. A oh. uh, the guy that I knew that I had dealt with. Uh, it had been over a year. He got in trouble and uh, he, he just told him he knew me, which he didn't. And uh, at the time, it had been a year since I talked to him. And uh, so he uh, basically snitched me out, you know, just to save himself. He was weak.
0: Yeah, the and then I think you remember, <laughs> I just caught that. You if you're caught that quick, today, you caught that quick, week, Steve, right? didn't you? Steve, you know, it's DEA right there, you know, he's, he's, so then I think you said in the last service they even planted some on Casey?
1: Yeah, that's how they got, that's how they got me. Uh, they came in the, the room, had a bunch of money, and that was it. Yeah. Uh, they took the money, only 4,000 got reported, like 30,000 didn't, yeah. who knows where that went. Just disappeared. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they, they, uh, I went to high school with a DEA agent. Wow. And he came in, and uh, I was just in my underwear. I was handcuffed, hands behind my back. He walked in and said, where's her purse at? Guy in the corner said, I've already went through it. There's nothing in there. He said, I want to look again. And he's standing in front of me, literally like this. And he flips through it, and he reached in his pocket and pulled out a bag, stuck it in there, pulled it back out, and said, look what I found.
0: Wow, wow, Yeah! wow. So did You guys go to jail, I mean, what, yeah. What happened yeah, there?
1: we went to jail, and uh, and uh, Casey, Casey went. And uh, <laughs> funny, while she was in there, they took real good care of her because people in there knew me like they brought her meals to her, gave her shoes, clothes, all that stuff. Yeah, she was like a rock star in there, so she yeah. had it made, yeah. you know. And uh, <laughs> so we, we went to jail, and uh, we came out, I knew it was time for a change, you know. Wow, uh. She, uh, they tried to get her to roll on me, to give me up. That's why they planted it on her, because they knew I wasn't going to say nothing. So, uh, she didn't. They tried for several years. They would to show up at work where she was working at, undercover, start talking trash. They even went to her parents and told them lies. So, you know, time goes on. She never gave me up. I decided to keep her. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so we, you know, we went on, and, uh, Went to work for a company. After, after uh, five years, we put it off as far as we could. DEA wanted to give me, or the DA wanted to give me 24 years. And I, I kept telling him, no, 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 and he kept coming back because there was no evidence, no fingerprints. Yeah. All that money was gone. They took my car, and they sold everything within six weeks. Well, this was five years later. Had never been to court. So I uh, showed up for court. DA comes over. So isn't like, it interesting,
0: when you look through all of that, how God kept moving this, He did. Moving that, He And did. moving this.
1: Well, during that time, uh, I went to CR.
0: Celebrate Recovery.
1: Yeah. So shout out to my CR people. It yeah. works if you if you work it. It'll yeah. work. Uh, and we we got back into church during that time after I gotten in trouble. We we both just got clean, and uh, you know we got back in church.
0: And you both got government jobs.
1: Yeah. Well, first, <laughs> we, we did. First, she went back to school and got a four-year teaching degree. I started doing electrical work. Then after uh, I completed everything, I, uh, we both got federal jobs. Wow,
0: wow. And then you lived happily ever after. How did you, you guys get, get the pilgrimage from Alabama to here?
1: Well, we had an opportunity to take over the state of Florida for, for the company. In the federal Now, this sector. is the
0: same kid that's selling drugs at five. Yeah. Whew. God yeah. can do some miracles. <laughs> start can't selling he? insurance. You Start selling insurance. Now I sell fire insurance. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
1: Uh, but no, we we, we looked me. at uh, when you were moving to Florida. We looked online at a map, and Leesburg was in the center of the state. Uh-huh. We were going to be traveling everywhere, so uh, found Leesburg, and it had this interstate that ran right beside it called 75. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. Well. As we all know, the Mount lies. Uh, (laughs) 75 is a long way from here. But I had already looked online at churches and um, found the Father's house and started watching and fell in love and we
0: knew that. You came here here. and I think I remember you started uh, serving in the parking lot.
1: I did. Served in the parking lot for a few years, worked my way all the way, you know, to the back.
0: And then you guys were here and... I think you were in Mike Blackhall's group. Yep. Yep. Is that right? Small Uh, group. Here,
1: Ken and Diane, uh, Mike and Patty. uh, They they wound up talking to us, formed a relationship, went to their life group. Uh, And all this time, in case you were not married yet.
0: Oh, you weren't married. Just living together.
1: We were just living in sin. Yeah. You know, (laughs) trying to do better, trying to do. Hey, we were trying. Uh Really, we really were. We were making strides. God protected us through that. But we got in that, that uh, life group, and um, Mike and Patty and everybody started witnessing to us about, hey, man, you, re- you, know, you really need to get married, you really need to get married. And my marriage, my divorce was so bad, I swore off marriage forever. Yeah. You know? But we, we got convicted, and we really started, we started having the conversation. And we finally decided, you know what? We're wrong, and if we're ever going to truly be blessed, and live in a uh, good-standing relationship with God, we've we got to do this the right yeah, way. Yeah. So we talked it over. We, we were living together. And we were not financially stable enough to separate. So what we did is we made a pact. We are not going to have sex or anything like that uh, till we get married. Wow. So we set a date for six months. Six quick as we months! Could. Wow! Wow! Longest six months of her life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so now here you are as generations pastor. Casey's probably next door taking care of the kids she, right now. She
1: actually had to work in Atlanta. Oh, she had today. to work
0: in yeah. Atlanta today. Yeah. Wow. So Chris, thank you for sharing your story, being vulnerable. Uh, you know, yeah. Wow. What a story. What would you, what would you say to someone that's maybe here today struggling with the feeling that I can never change, or God did me wrong, or the shame, some of those things? What's the spirit saying to you? I would
1: say the devil is a liar, Uh, and 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 it is so true. He really is. Uh, I've learned through all these stages that a lot of my struggle was me.
0: Oh, the enemy. Enemy.
1: I, 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 I. I controlled all these things and I didn't realize it. God had, was giving me the power along the way to overcome. Yeah. And uh, finally one day I realized that, you know, I, I'm my own worst enemy yeah. in some of these things. And I, I allowed the devil to, to control my mind. And, and, and I lived off of feelings instead of scripture, yeah. you know, for so long.
0: Well, would you take some minute, a minute and maybe pray for someone here today that never made that decision or is carrying some shame or guilt? Would you yeah, absolutely. Would you feel like
1: doing that? Uh, first, I'd like to address the, the shame and guilt. Um, I know there's people in here today that that are carrying things and, and shame and guilt from things that may have happened to them throughout their lifetimes when, when, when you were younger. Um, things that you were in control of, and then there's other things that you're not in control of. And I, let me be a testament to you guys that that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Sure. Uh, and that with God, all things are possible. Yeah. Listen, I can, I can say with conviction in here today that I, I really, in my heart, I don't believe there's one person in here that has gone through something that I have not been through. Mm, wow. Wow. So let that be hope to you. I mean... The, 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 the shame and the guilt of things that, that you did with a chi- as a child, like the drugs, the, all these things, even as an adult, drugs, alcohol, that, that shame can be broken off of you today. And, you know, maybe you're in here today and, and, and you're living with somebody and you're not married. Well, I did that too. This night I had a foul mouth. Man, i cussed like a sailor. I made up words. <laughs> Man, I enjoyed it. I was a mean person. I was nice to people that were nice, but when it come time to collect or or take care of business, I became a very mean person. And I I carried uh, shame and guilt of that. I hurt a lot of people. Um, So you've not done anything, I promise you, you've not done anything that you have went too far. You've not built up a wall so high that God cannot reach you. So true, so true. And... I shared this with First Service. Do care? Ahead. Go ahead. Um, I shared this in First Service. This is a part of my life that I have never spoken of. Uh, multiple times I've written my, um, my testimony down. Um, and, and during the last service, I was, I was up here talking. I don't even know what I said. Because in the back of my mind, I was saying, God, please don't expose me. Please don't, please don't make me expose myself. But I, but I wanted to be honoring to Him, sure, sure. not just obedient, but honoring. And uh, I, I, I finally said, okay, I'll do it. But there's, there's a. When I say you haven't been through something I haven't experienced, I, I truly believe that, to a certain extent, because as a child I was molested. I was sexually abused. Casey didn't no, never told us so till today. to this day? No. Wow. <laughs> now everybody knows. <laughs> uh, wow. I hate the internet, you know. <laughs> but I said that to say this, I know there's people in this room that have experienced everything that I've talked about today. I am not special. <laughs> I don't know why things happen. I don't, I don't know why certain things happen when you're a kid. I don't know what makes a human being think to do things to a child. I, I can't answer that. Somebody asked me earlier after first service, I said, I don't have an answer for that. Just yeah. the, the sin, the devil, the enemy. Uh, this, we just live in a fallen world yes. and I have yes. no other answer for yes. that. But if you're in here today and, I, would everybody just bow your heads please? I want to pray for you guys today. I want to pray for you. Maybe you're in here today and, and you were like me. You were that guy that, that did not want to make a, uh, a decision for Christ. Um, it was just too hard. You, you felt like you couldn't. You felt like you couldn't be forgiven. You felt like there was no way out. Well, today, there, I, I'm here to tell you that there is. Yes. There is a way out. And uh, the Bible also tells us that today is the day of salvation. So if you're in here today and you've never, you've never made that decision for Christ, or maybe you're in here today and uh, my story resonated with you and you're like, you know what, I... I want to rededicate. Maybe, maybe it's been a while since you've been to church. And you want to rededicate and you want to start this new off, new year off right and, with the dedication to God. If that's you in here today and you've never made that decision before, please just slip your hand up and put it right back down. <coughs> I want to pray with you. Yes, yes, I see that hand. Thank you. Yes. In the back. Thank you. Anybody else? Today, today is a day of salvation for you. It's it's here for you today. God would. God's speaking to you right now, to your heart. This is your day. I see your hand. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All over the room. Thank you. I appreciate it. Anybody else? Anybody else? Well, I want to pray for you right quick. I want to lead you in a prayer. I can't give you the heart. I can give you the words. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to do that for you this morning. I want to help you like my father-in-law helped me. And uh, I want everybody to say this along with sure. me. Nobody should really say this on their own. Uh, just repeat after me, Lord. Lord, I thank you today. I thank
0: you today that
1: you have given me the opportunity. That you have given me the opportunity to follow you. To follow you. God, I confess.
0: God, I confess.
1: I believe Jesus I believe, died for my sins. I believe Jesus died
0: for my sins.
1: He hung on that cross. He hung on that cross. And three days later. And three days later. He rose again. He rose again. Now, Father. For the rest of my life. For
0: the rest of my life.
1: By the power of your Holy Spirit. By
0: the power of your Holy Spirit.
1: Help me to live.
0: Help me to live.
1: For you every for you. day. Every day. As best I can. As
0: best as I can. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Chris. Thanks for sharing. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. I'm always amazed how God can be the incre- in the smallest detail to bring us to the place of our purpose and our destiny. Thanks for joining us. If you said that prayer and surrendered your life to Jesus, it's the best decision you will ever make, and we would like to celebrate with you. We have some tools to help you on your journey. Simply text DECIDED to 352-329-2301. That's 352-329-2301. Join us next time as we continue to love God, love people, and make disciples.